Hello, this is Jim Sevier, and this is the Coachable Podcast. This is the Invest in Yourself podcast. And uh, you can get me at thecoachable.com. And what else do I want to tell you? Oh, yeah, we're out on the back deck again. And uh, birds, uh, got a little bit of uh, creak noise, but I'm hearing some bird chirping, so that's kind of cool. It'll be playing in the background. Uh, I've got somebody very, very cool that we're interviewing this morning, somebody that also brought along... Uh, a gift, which are oh, these amazing macarons. Uh, macarons? Yes. Macarons. Macarons. Okay. I had to say that right. My wife actually corrects me, and I just dropped the label. So hang on a second. Um, I think the label slipped through the cracks. Oh. I'll get you another one uh, later. I, you may have actually given me one, but I'll, if, if I still have it, I'll, I'll go look. Okay. I think you gave me your business card. Oh, okay. So sorry about all that movement and stuff like that. I was like, <laughs> I was like macarons, and then the, everything goes flying. Um, they were so good, macarons. They were so good. Thank you. Blueberry. I'm my mouth, mouth is watering actually. <laughs> my <laughs> mouth is watering. So that should give you a clue to some to some degree who it is that I'll be speaking to. But I'll just uh, stop all of the anticipation and let her introduce herself. Uh, so please go ahead, introduce yourself. Tell us what you do. Thanks, Jim. I'm Christine Weetop. I own Baking Sweet Scents, where I make French macarons, <laughs> drop cookies, cupcakes, cakes, especially semi-naked wedding cakes. Semi-naked wedding cakes. Yes. I want to definitely talk about that. I have no idea what that means, so we'll, we'll get into that. Okay. Um, well, thank you for being here. Thank Thanks you for, for coming Thanks for having out. me. Um, so I should tell everybody where we met because um, you actually were supporting an event that was a friend of, our, friend of mine and perhaps yours already. Yes. Uh, Matt Stocking uh, from Color Hammer the shameless plug uh, but Matt um, was putting together a networking event and then you came and provided the best little tiny cinnamon rolls I gotta be honest I think I took maybe six of them home. oh wow so uh, Laura my wife she was the recipient of some of that too yeah I told her you were coming today and she's like hmm. I hope you microwaved them um, so so yes I'll say yes you know that I also love to cook Microwave's not my favorite right. thing. Not mine either, but for those. Uh, but, it, but I do have one of those small Brevel ovens, and oh. I pop it in with just a quick on the broil setting or the convection setting where there's heat coming across it. It takes it like maybe 20 seconds, 30 oh, seconds, okay. and it comes right back to life. So if everyone had one of those, I could tell them they should heat it up that way. Yeah, oh, yeah. If you got a Brevel, you just stick it in there, just hit the convection, and then hit broil, and then just count out the seconds and then pull it out and then if, if you if it feels good i mean i actually saw some of the icing start to, to to melt and that was like my cue boom take it out yes so, i love that um but yes i i did microwave them the first time because i told my wife how great they were and she wasn't going to wait for me to do all that so. <laughs> so um so you were there you provided all these this great food we actually had a great event and the coffee place was Unlocked coffee was amazing. It was good. And again, he's somebody that does what you do, which is has a passion for it, goes in it all the way. And that's kind of one of the things that we're going to talk about today is that drive when you, because you haven't done this all your life right. as, a, as a business. And so what what I want you to talk about now it, are some of the major events leading up to when you decided okay. to start your business and and just you know we'll just talk it from there and you're going to say something and then i'm going to have a surprise face and they'll be able to tell on the rate on the podcast but yes 
then we'll we'll have a dialogue and we'll do something like that. Sounds and good. So tell us a little bit about coming to the 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 idea that you wanted to do this full time or excuse me, all the time. Okay. So I was teaching full time. Ah. A high school math teacher. Oh wow. I was in my eighteenth year of teaching, I think. Whoa. And I've been baking my whole life. Yeah. And along the way people would ask me if I could make whatever. And in teaching, I decided <laughs> I decided I would bake a lot for my kids. And so we had what was called a household program at this one school and um I had 15 to 20 girls and mm -hmm. for their birthdays I let them choose what I would make even if I had never heard of it before. Oh wow. So nice. after a while, I decided to do it for my friends, too, who were also teachers. And one of my teacher friends loved French macarons. Uh, it took me a while to get it. it. took me two or three tries. And then I was like, okay, they're starting to look right. This is good. They tasted good from the start, so that was good. But anyway, one of my other friends saw the pictures I was posting on social media. Uh -huh. He was coaching three soccer teams that didn't have sponsorship that year. And he contacted me. He said, Christine, can we talk about a fundraiser with your macarons? I said, sure. And so we did. And we played with the numbers and we did all these things, set it up. And I said, so how are people going to find me afterwards? He goes, I don't know. Launch a website. And I was like, okay. Really? That yeah. is so awesome. So I did. So it, this was not my plan. I know whose plan it was. Yeah. But it was not my plan. Yeah. And um, anyway, we, long story short, number crunched. I launched a website. I got help from a guy who knows word of mouth mar marketing. Okay. He created my logo, had several friends help me with website, logo, photos, text, everything, because that's not me. And um, put it together, and that was in September of 2015. So I'm <coughs> almost at five years, and um, basically from there I went – into the holidays, got crazy busy making all kinds of random stuff for people. And I was happy to do that. Mm -hmm. um, then things started getting a little rocky in my teaching. And it was my second round of burnout. And I thought, okay, well, that. you know, yeah, I have a business. What am I supposed to do? I've been teaching for this many years. Mm -hmm. I loved it for a while. I'm getting pretty tired now. Right. You know, where do I go from here? I'm going to stop you because you said a few things there that got my attention. <laughs> and so I've done, you know, I think maybe 15 or 18 of these podcasts so far. So I'm still at the beginning of this and I'm trying to get to that magic number of 100. Okay. But the data that's, that's coming out, the, the, the common themes that are coming out, you may think it's odd the way your business started. It isn't. Okay. It is not odd at all. <laughs> it is actually almost the way... It happens with nearly everyone. Not all, not all, not 100%, right? I know somebody that's starting an app, and they did. They went a different route. I know another person who they've been doing this since they were in high school, right? But a couple of things. One is there's usually an external driver of a need or desire for somebody wanting whatever it is that you do because – yeah, you can say you're good, but I think there's a difference, and I know it is a difference as a chef. There's a difference between good and great. And even though somebody thinks that it's good, you're not happy with it until it's great. This right? is true. Right? And when you have that element, 
you're you're delivering even your first round of macarons macarons were probably very good they made, but they didn't look right they right. didn't have this and you were even when I, you were gave me this you were like okay these are sort of seconds and they're different sizes and i'm like really <laughs> i i just i'm drooling i just want to eat more um but that mentality is almost a common thread through everyone that i've ever put in front of a microphone and sat down with me on this back deck almost without question there's only one or two people that had a different had had a, had a calling or way early in life okay right? wow so the other piece that is so important is is that you had an inner circle of people supporting you to help you get it launched and off the ground. Yes. I'm pretty sure they were probably paid in some pretty amazing baked goods. <laughs> <laughs> they were my taste testers. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now, note to self, Jim, <laughs> help anybody going into baking because <laughs> I, <laughs> I like baking. I'm not I'm I'm really struggling with it. I did get good. I mentioned cannelets. Yes. That I mentioned that I make this uh, from the Bordeaux region in France. These these little dark rum cakes, the breakfast or yeah, I think they're mostly breakfast or dessert cakes, um, and they can be savory or sweet or whatever. But mm. uh, that's it. I mean, when I did pop unders, I think I mentioned that to you. I didn't make they didn't pop up; they popped down, <laughs> <laughs> and so I had very dense <laughs> pop. Overs, unders. <laughs> uh, but I'm trying. You know, I'm trying to, to do a little bit more baking. Baking to me seems to uh, be a little bit more stressful for me. But I really want to push myself to do like two or three things really, really well. So okay. having that group of friends, being somebody that is not um, okay with good and is always striving to do something and perfect their craft, um, you just said something to me about when I was biting in. Oh, by the way, and she took pictures of me biting into those, those macaroons. <laughs> so I'll apologize ahead of time if I look like I'm enjoying it because I did a lot. <laughs> um, but I didn't notice that about macaroons, about the crunchiness, that first crunch and then the softness inside. Yes. Um, so you just educated me. So now as a chef, now I'm thinking, okay, now I know how to tell the, my, macaroon, my macarons apart and that's so thank you for that You're so those welcome. two pieces usually it's a driver from something else somebody goes well why aren't you doing that and then then there's then the tribe shows up and says oh i can do that oh i can do that oh i can do that and and now he, how long have you been an entrepreneur working all the time on this four years four years okay so you made it past the magical three-year number is that a magic number? There is a magic number. That for makes me feel a little better. Mm -hmm. <laughs> You're actually coming up on the magical five. Yes. And the magical five has its own set of things to overcome, but you're in square in the middle between three and five. You got you got basically you got over all of the the bad mistakes that usually companies or people make in the first three years, and then they decide to go back to what they were doing. Because oh. the majority of people that do hey, I'm going to go this direction, and then they go, uh, that's not for me, and they go right back where they were doing what they were doing. Okay, now that's I'm calculating. Am I at four or am I at three? Let me think about this for a second. Okay, do the math. Carry the two. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. You can't just, see this I'm on the just podcast, but she's like, she's like looking up to you. You were looking up to your left, so you were you were accessing that part of your memory. <laughs> like, all right, okay, yep. Okay, so I'm just over three years. Because we're in July mm -hmm. of 2020. 
So hey. I'm just over three years, I hey, think. Hey, you get past three years, you're good. I, it's, it's an hour past three years. It doesn't matter. You get past the third anniversary. Okay. okay. It's It should be a celebration of the fact that um, <laughs> you didn't do something stupid. All right? <laughs> and I hate to say it that way. But sometimes we have we fall in love with our ideas. Right? You actually were told by somebody else that you were in love with this idea. You actually had to come to a realization. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I know a lot of people that bake. I, I've got a friend that is down in uh, Atlanta right now or in Georgia right now. Uh, and she, uh, she makes – she introduced me, first of all, to, to Red Velvet cupcakes. I'd never had them before. Really? Until coming to the South. I'm from the West oh, Coast. Oh, okay, so okay. I'm a, a left coaster. Sorry about that. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, she introduced me to that, and she's really, really good. She can bake anything she wants to, and it's always amazing. But she's never had that – that hey i want to take it to this is what i always want to do right right she just loves to do it right? okay she's in sales and she'll usually bring that stuff with her when she goes to see her customers and stuff like that and they love her for that oh right? that makes because sense they get a lot of really good that was good me sweets. with teaching well there you go i just made it for my kids i know but somebody said hey that's true right um you could have you could have easily said no i don't <laughs> i'm happy i'm doing what i'm doing um so th those are just things that those first three years that are crucial for small businesses, we, you know, our ideas, uh, we tend to fall in love with them. Our babies are always very pretty. Our ideas are always pretty, even though they may be really, really ugly and we, we're just not seeing them that way. Okay. Somebody else could look at the idea and go, what are you thinking, right? Mm -hmm. um, that's what that inner circle's for. But it seems like you had a lot of people going. Well, wait a minute. You not and I and I want to go all the way back to that very first statement. You're not okay with good. That's right? true. And and if you're not okay with good, then that is actually a calling, right? If you're if you're mm. okay with uh, the way something's being done, even though you know there's a better way of getting it done, even though you know that if you did it, you would do it better than the way it's being done, um, and you back off. That's because you don't have that drive in you to con to just continuously improve your skill in what you do, right? Right. Okay. I can see you ten years from now making having seconds that you're <laughs> handing out to people be perfect to them, maybe like really perfect. Like if I if that's all I did and I knew that market and I had one of your seconds, I would probably think it's perfect, right? That's that's the type of person that you have to be to to get past the first three years. Okay. Because because uh, if you don't, most people just they're going in at half-hearted. Right. They're going in, uh, well, and then if your champion, the one that came in and said, "Oh, we need you, and could you do this fundraiser?" Blah blah blah. If that person goes out of your life and never comes back, then you're like, "Well, now who's gonna cheer for me?" Right? Because because you have to be your own cheerleader right, too. Right. Right. A lot. You have to be your own cheerleader a lot. So congrats, kudos, you're at three. Thank you. Um, you got some interesting uh, mileage in ahead of you. Five is, um, if, you, if you're if you past five, you'll never go back. Okay. Uh, okay. So I have I to make said, it to that. I just said never. And never, never say never. Say never. <laughs> <laughs> um, so most, uh, many, the, the vast majority of people that make it past five years as an entrepreneur actually 
don't go back. They may stop doing what they're doing and do something different, but they won't ever go back to what they were doing. Okay. That's maybe that's the way I should say that. Like if you were a teacher, you were a teacher, you started this, you get past five years, you will never go back to teaching. Now you may say it, I'll never go back to teaching, but if something comes up between three and five, that is, well, I guess that happened because we were in COVID yes. territory now. Um, so you, by the way, there's a litmus test. You get through this year, I, I think you can just call yourself a five-year-old because I think there's enough stress that uh, maybe not in time, but definitely amount of stress that you obviously are going through because you're a small business. It's right. just you, right? Right. Um, so, so talk about that for a minute. Talk about what it's been like since, since January of this year. So from January to March, that typically would have been my slow time. But mm -hmm. I actually had four weddings, I think, in January and February, which was a little crazy for me. Okay. But I never had a really, really slow time. This was my busiest slow time ever. <laughs> and then COVID-19 hit in March. Uh -huh. And we were at a family wedding in Tennessee. And it was the last big gathering we attended before right. people started going into lockdown and stuff. To be very honest... I was like, yes, I'm going to get to shut down for a couple of weeks and rest. <laughs> but the reality was I've been busier probably since March uh, wow. than I could have ever imagined. Okay, so I've, peel that back. Why do you think that is? I think people are eating more while they're at home. Ah, okay. Um, I, I can tell you for sure. I've got <laughs> my, I got my uh, what do they call it, my... My quarantine fat. Yes. Know, I've got a little bit of that going on. Yeah. So. so I think people are doing that. I think that's a real thing, or at least they were for the first three months. I don't right. know what's happening now. Maybe mm -hmm. people are starting to pull back now. I also was kind of rolling with the punches and pivoting, and, and so I offered some DIY kits for kids or for anyone. Oh. So people were ordering these kits to decorate their own cupcakes and mini cakes and mini yeah, cupcakes. Yeah, because kids are now at home all day. Yes. <laughs> Got to keep them busy. Yes. But the funny part about that is it ended up, I, I was gearing it towards kids with uh -huh. all the colors, all the sprinkles, yeah. right? right? But making sure that it tasted amazing. Right. Mm -hmm. I had couples and families taking them and sending me pictures. And one couple said, can we have one of these for Friday? I had never met them before. It was their date night. And then they ordered a different kind of kit for the next Friday. And it was filling their own macarons, which is okay. not really decorating, but filling them. And then some sprinkles to put around the edges, you right, know. Right. And I thought, this is a great way to bring people together. Okay, so my wife and I have date nights on Fridays. Okay. My wife has a birthday coming up. Oh. So shh, don't, don't speak too loud because she's her office is right above us. Okay. So... Let's just keep that one between you and me because I would like to do that and set that up because these are I'm – not, I'm not kidding when I told you that this is like her favorite thing. Okay. Um, and for me to actually decorate it, that would be cool. That will be really cool. All right. So, so yes, let's figure that out. Okay. Just let me know. I'll Venmo whatever you use to, to do the, the square, whatever you use. I'll get it done <laughs> right after we're done with this. <laughs> sorry to sorry to break into the, the mode there, the mood, but it's yeah, her birthday's coming up. Okay. And then our wedding our the anniversary with the day we met is coming up. Oh, it's cool. also it's a busy July. Yeah, so. I hear yeah. We were married in July too, so Oh. Ah. Well, no, 
That was just when we met. Oh, we actually, just we were just married. We actually uh, had our twenty fifth wedding anniversary. Congratulations! Yes, in June. So okay. So we were we met on July fifth. Okay. So that's coming up quick. So I'm gonna have to really talk to you yes. about this. I'll come to you and I'll get it. Okay, so, sounds good. <laughs> um, <laughs> but and then on on July tenth uh, is my wife's birthday. Okay. So we'll make it work. Yeah. So yay! So excited. Sorry. <laughs> so. <laughs> So you, so things have gotten busier. Yes. Right? And and I agree to a to a large degree that having those you you said something you pivoted. Um I would argue you didn't pivot. Okay. I would argue that what you did is you um took your offering and just repackaged it. Oh, that's a good way to put it. All right? Because a pivot really would be like you were baking um a com you know just for you know, uh, retail baking or pa baking, you know, to becoming uh, a, a pastry chef at a three-star restaurant, right? That's oh, a pivot, okay. Gotcha. Right? That's where you're totally out of what you do into something else, but still in your knowledge base. Okay. Right? You could also pivot out of your knowledge base. Okay. Because you sort of did that. You were a math teacher and then you became, right? Yes. So that's, that was, that's definitely a pivot. Okay. This is taking what you know, looking at your environment, and deciding rationally that there may be other ways that people can consume okay. your your treats, your baked goods, everything. Okay. And then you were like, oh, well, maybe they want to finish them off. Yeah. I'll do the front leg. I'll do the first half. They do the second half. And, you know, so that is also a really interesting business concept because a lot of businesses say, I produce this, I sell it this way, and that's the way I do it. Right. And they don't care what the market is. They don't care what the economy is. They don't even care what their customers are saying. This is the way I'm going to deliver it to you, and you're going to eat it. Right? <laughs> um, and when, in fact, you took, the, took a moment, and you were like, okay, well, this is different. Right, I'm not probably not going to be doing weddings for a while. Right, they all so, got postponed, or they. And I've got a. I can still cook, and people still want to eat. Uh, okay, so that is just uh, adding another lane to your to your highway. Okay. So that's that's basically how we normally when I'm business coaching and I'm talking to somebody, you just instead of a one lane road, big goods and for and and you had like like a you know um, those multi level buses in London. You know, you just you do this and you do this, you do this, but you're in your lane. Yes. That is kind of what you were doing before. And now you said, no, 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 there's a second lane and you've got another car now. And that car is just to provide these tools for people to just do it themselves. Okay. It's not another service that you're doing. You're adding it to and giving me the ability as a consumer to do some of my own stuff. Okay. So that is a very, very cool idea. Don't lose that capability. That is <laughs> that's that capability. One that goes from three to five. Okay. Because every business in that three to five have has seen some level of of success because they got to three years and they're like woohoo and then they then they just keep giving out boxes of the same thing to the same people. Eventually, customers' tastes will change and they will get bored. And you have to be able to go. Hmm. You have to actually be in touch with them. Social media is a good way of telling when people are bored. Because you won't get as many likes, you won't get as much comments. And oh, you, right. So if you're tracking analytics, you will see your the amount of people that are clicking or sharing or stuff start to dwindle, 
okay. over like a three week or four week period of time. You can't just do it in a day, but you got to take like a month okay. for the data. And if they're starting to do that, that means that you got to come up with another lane, add another lane to your highway. Okay. And, and there is no limit to the amount of lanes that you can make. So be good with that. You can go, you can have a 10 lane highway, you can have a 100 <laughs> lane highway. Um, eventually, you're going to find the things that people are just the classic, the good, the yes. always good. Doesn't really matter how people are feeling, what's going on in the economy. So way to go. Not a lot of people catch that Thanks. up front. It's it's a it's it's actually kind of an advanced concept when you're thinking about business and thinking about how a business is built. It's not okay. one that's just obvious. So okay. kudos. Thank you. I have to say, I mean, I saw other people doing DIY something or other, and I said, "What is my version of that?" Ta-da. So that was my question. What is my version of that? And ask I, the people around me. I love creatively plagiarizing. <laughs> I do it <laughs> all the time. I'll see some. I'll see a picture, a menu, this a picture in Food Magazine, and go. Uh, I like the way that looks, but I don't like the the in one of the major ingredients. And like, oh, I, I can do, I can make it look like that, and then I can do this. So, mm-hmm. yeah, inspiration, no matter where it comes from, is inspiration. Um, and in fact, if I so plagiarize it that I'm actually making it exactly the same way, I give credit for three times, and then the fourth <laughs> time it's mine. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, that's probably way too much information. <laughs> I, it just kind of gave away that I'm plagiarizing everybody's work. I'm not, because it's mine after the fourth time. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so now you've got now now we. I mean, t- honestly, that's we could probably just do a podcast just on adding lanes to your business. Um, so now that you're here, and you know, we're kind of you know, people are starting to sniff around and start thinking, well, maybe it's time to get back out and start doing things. That's going to change your dynamic again. What do what are right. you thinking for that? So the DIY kits came and went. I have a few people still asking for them, but for the most part, they were done in a month. Mm. Weddings are picking back up, so I did have two weddings in June, and I've been yeah. doing tastings now for weddings coming up. I have a pretty full wedding schedule for the fall because of postponements from last spring. Oh, that's right. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I'm actually already booking into next year. So I have a couple weddings already booked for next spring, which is a little crazy. Wow. But it's all good. It's all good, right? Now, you said something about semi-naked wedding cake. Could you explain that to me so that I understand as a a chef? So I've pulled back some from my wedding offerings because I've decided – I'm really good at making what's called a semi-naked cake. So what it is, it's a cake where the icing on the sides is where you can see. It's thin enough that you can see the cake, at least some of the cake, through the icing. What? I still put plenty of icing in between the layers, filling or whatever they want in between the layers, but just enough to seal in the moisture on the outside of the cake. It's very rustic. It's perfect for a venue that's like this outside. Got it. You know, all the barn weddings. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's perfect for that. Oh, okay. For me, it's the, it's a look that I like, and I'm really good at creating the look and okay. then adding flowers or fruit or whatever the couple ask for. Right. So that's my specialty for okay. weddings is semi-naked cakes and dessert bars. So with dessert bars, I'm able to stay within a couple's budget. So the smaller cake, more cookies, cupcakes, things like that yeah. will be a less expensive dessert bar there you go. than a three-tiered wedding cake. Right. So. Look at you. See, there's there's more information than I even knew because obviously 20, 
five years ago when we got married, it was the three-layer tiered cake. Yes. We bought a silver cake cutter with a crystal handle, which, by the way, we'd never seen since that day. Since, Because we got married, we left, everybody stayed, had a party, oh. and some things, I guess, just didn't get picked they up. They got lost. So, uh, but for this event, we didn't really have cake. We had cupcakes. Oh, Cause okay. Because I have my red velvet cupcakes, are my favorite. Laura has her orange sickle, uh, cream, yes. orange creamsicle. Um, and so, and then we had the same, the wedding topper, but we had them sticking in the two top cu cupcakes. Oh, um, cool. And we had them in a little tier thing, so. Yeah. So, and so we just gave away cupcakes. And then it well, was it's easy. easier. Yeah, <laughs> it was easy to eat. And this, right now, during COVID-19, mm -hmm. it's perfect. Yeah. Because then you don't have to have someone cutting and slicing. And anyway, I could Anybody's go into. Hand on it and, yeah, yeah, I could mm -hmm. go into lots of things about that in a wedding I did recently, but I won't. Oh. <laughs> Well, I know there's war stories. Everybody's got them. I've got a ton in my coaching career. But so so now, obviously, you're back in the wedding game, right? A little bit. A little yeah, bit. I'm trying not to go overboard with it. Okay, because I would imagine that can get fairly, um, I'm, I'm not going to say tedious, but there's probably a, a fair amount of craftsmanship that goes into this. Yes. So It's stressful. Yeah. You know, that someone's wedding day. Yeah. Okay. I, so uh, yeah, I can I can appreciate that because <laughs> it it was our vow renewal day and my wife was stressing out. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. So lots of stress. So my other thing, I guess, is wholesale. Okay. So the reason I had those cinnamon rolls that day is because Matt asked for them, but I have a wholesale client right now that's a coffee shop that's fairly new. Okay. And so I make cinnamon rolls, scones, and muffins for them. And I guess. In this small amount of time I've had to think in the last couple months, I've thought, is my reach greater through wholesale? Mm. And will I do better or will it be better for me to do more wholesale and less retail? So that's in my mind right now, and I'm really okay. contemplating that. So what... Might as well do some coaching while we're here. Okay. Because <laughs> I think that's a good question to ask. I think everybody has that on their mind when they're in business. How, how, what is the best way to grow my brand, grow my, the, the amount of knowledge base there is in this region about me? And obviously, um, social media is one of those elements. When you're producing a thing, especially a consumable, you know, you gotta decide. Is that, are you gonna go, you know, high and wide? And just put it, put stuff as many places as you can possibly put it. Make sure that there's a sticker with your name on it, right? So that people know that it's coming from you. Because I got to be honest with you, in pretty much every coffee shop place that has stuff that's being made by somebody else, I still don't know any. I don't know what their names are. They're not really doing a good job at letting me know that I could get those things if I if I needed them when the coffee shop was closed. <laughs> right? Oh, I gotcha. Right. Luckily, the one I'm at, they've been very very good about sharing who I am good I've yeah. also brought them business well, it's, it's been a little bit of a test market for me if I'm being honest um, to awesome. see so it's a rural coffee shop there there's some development coming up around it now that so every all of this will change very soon but when it opened it was in the middle of nowhere behind a gas station there's a neighborhood market caddy corner from that gas station okay. and there's nothing else there okay well, you can plug it if you want. Tell me all you 
Oh, so it's called Crossroads for Coffee and Tea. There you go. It's the cutest little coffee shop in Simpsonville, the newest one in Simpsonville. There you go. And they support lots of local vendors. There you go. Including me. But the way it's been a test market for me is I wondered, since it's in the middle of nowhere, will my customers seek out this coffee shop to be able to grab one cinnamon roll or one scone that I made instead of having to buy a half a dozen or a dozen of something from okay. me directly. The truth is they have been happy to go there to find my stuff. And I get messages all the time about Crossroads and is this available right now at Crossroads? Is that available right now at Crossroads? And and I will tell them, I just dropped off six dozen cinnamon rolls. They, they have them in stock right now. Go right now. <laughs> wow. So, okay. So uh, that, should, that, should, that speaks volumes to me. Uh, we'll talk about that. I'm going to put a pin in that. That speaks volumes to me. But, okay. But what are you thinking? So so at the time when I when I said yes to Crossroads in November, I was like, well, sure, I'll put my stuff there. And I want to see do people want my stuff badly enough that they want to find me in a retail store. Mm-hmm. Everyone asks, a lot of people have asked, are you going to have a storefront? And my answer is almost always no. Good. I, I, I just said good. I don't know why I said good. <laughs> Other than the fact that it, you're not past five years old. Right. So I don't really know what I want, but none of this has ever been my plan from the start. Right. So I'm just really going with his flow. All right. And uh, my question, that. though, my question was, will people look for my stuff? Will they go somewhere because they know my stuff is there? Right. Do, do people want it badly enough that they'll go there just to get one thing? Okay. So what is the value? Because I told you it speaks volumes, right? It speaks volumes from a business perspective. When people will come to you and say, where is your stuff? Where can I get it, right? Because how else would they get it, right? Because you're not, you're not, you don't have a storefront. Right. right? They have to order it directly from me and meet me at my pickup spots. Exactly. Right. So, but if they're driving around anyways, having, knowing that your stuff is at boom, 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 boom. Uh, all the way up and down, either in Simpsonville or mm-hmm. on your way to wherever. You're on Pelham. Wait a minute. I know she's got some stuff over here off of Pelham, right? And just drop in. So what does that tell you specifically from your from a from a customer perspective of what how they think about your product? They love it. Okay. They value right. it. They well they don't just love it. Because I could love your macarons. I, you know, if the true test as to whether or not I really love them is if I have to drive either slightly out of my way or around to some place to get it. That is a testament of how much they truly, really okay. want your product. You know, anybody can say, I love your stuff. Your stuff is great. In fact, I can just say it because I've had one that I can say, I love it. You want to, you want me to, you want to know for sure, put it someplace, and if Jim shows up there on Thursday or right before his Friday date night to oh, yeah. pick some up, right? <laughs> then you know I mean it, right? Knowing when your customer means it is an indication to you that you've reached a level of quality um, that you've got to maintain. Because sometimes when we expand a business and we go wholesale and we're in a lot of places, getting all that out on 
Sunday night for our Monday drop-off or Saturday, whatever, for a Monday drop-off, that could be that could be crazy. Right. And then you're like, ah, these aren't all the, they're not exactly what I want, but they're really good and they won't mind. Right. If, if you start getting yourself into that trap, that's when you get into trouble with wholesale. Right? Okay. Um, because to scale wholesale, you have to have two or three or four of you. And they're not going to be exactly you. Right. So, um, so then that's this, that whole, it's a, it's a paradox on the, on the fifth year. Okay. Can I clone what I do? So, and even if it's not a clone, maybe some of these other lanes that you've created, maybe you can hand those lanes off to somebody. Mm, okay. So that you could spend more time being, being you. Right. So. Any of them, any Gordon Ramsay, you know, any of them, they're not in every restaurant every night. Right. <laughs> they can't. Right. Right. They may show up to one and you're like, oh, Gordon Ramsay's come back in to cook. I'm going to come back here all the time because this is where Gordon Ramsay cooks. No, huh? Gordon was just there just because he wanted to be there. Um, Wolfgang doesn't go all over the world. Right. He's trained people well enough so that if you like his style of cooking, you can they can get close to it, but they cannot be Wolfgang. Sure. Right? But he's figured out a way and they all male or female chefs have figured out a way that in some days when they're not in the restaurant, you won't know. Hmm. Because they can't somebody's gonna get sick, somebody's gonna need a vacation, somebody's gonna have to have a day off. If you're open seven days a week, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. You're going to have to rest sometime. Um, so when you're doing that, when you're having that, when you know that your loyalty extends to location, to a different location, it's a good indication that you've reached the level of quality. The next question you have to ask is, how much, how much food can I put out and around me so that those people that know me can go there? Okay. Okay, that's the second question. The third question is, of what value is it to the venues that I'm delivering it to? And should I be getting a portion of the added business? Oh. Okay. Okay. So they're sponsoring you. They're bringing you're bringing your stuff in. They're putting it in, you in a counter right there, and they're selling it. Right. So is that a hundred percent profit to you? No. Ah. See. So they're taking some of the profit. Yeah. Because but they're a wholesale client, so I sell to them at a wholesale my price. Question, right. Because yeah. then. Because they want to make something on it. Yes. Okay. Um, so the argument is, is that if you can show them data that suggests that that they've had a 15% uptick in their client base and more social media presence because people are talking about them more. So now they just made money on your pastry, your cinnamon roll, which is amazing. And now they're making money on the fact that your customers are coming to them which means that wholesale price may not be have to be as wholesale as oh. you might think it is. Okay. Now you can't originally do that. You can't immediately at the very day saying you're going to you're going to you can only charge one penny less than I would I would sell to them because this is what you're going to get. But eventually you can go to those customers that have seen over and over again. Now they're not going to be very receptive to this idea. Sure. 
But in reality, it is something you have to think of as a business owner. Is there an additional value of what I'm, my quality, my level of quality? Like, again, to, I'll just take Gordon Ramsay as an example. If Gordon Ramsay walked into my house and cooked in my kitchen, <laughs> I would be able to use all of that and then some in everything that I cook and everything that I do. Yes, yes this is a picture of me and Gordon Ramsay in my kitchen. My celebrity value would go shooting up. You know what? Gordon wouldn't just come over and like wholesale his time with me, <laughs> right? Right. Because he's trying to get his name out there. Once you reach that level, just keep that in mind. Okay. You have to have enough data to support it. You already have the mentality of being that type of person that wants excellence. Um, and eventually, it will get to that point where you can do something better okay um, with value um, now all of this is being said and and I know this is um, you know this is uh, this podcast is something for you to put your name out there and stuff like that and and I know we just had a discussion about your wholesale business and I'm not trying <laughs> to put it in the ground um, if you're right now listening she's not going to be taking your, your cost <laughs> and putting it through the roof um, and and if anybody's listening here that that you wholesale to I, what I really want them to know is that they have that same control of of who they are and what they do and who comes into their into their place of business and what it is that they can do to influence them to go someplace else, right? Because that little place, rural area, I mean, there's not a lot of choice, right? You go out there. There was you said like three places there in the back, right? Right. Um, in a few months, that'll change. Uh, Yes, it will. Stuff is being built across the street. So I guess my thought, the thing I want everybody to walk away that's listening to this, if you are in this position and you have a business, a storefront, a product, a service, a consulting practice, whatever it is, there will come a time where sponsorships play an active role in you growing your business. Um, them being a your you know, you're wholesaling it. You're giving them a break. They can make some profit on it. Everybody's happy. That's great. Um, you know, maybe, maybe you can sponsor an ad from them on your site, and that would be a reciprocal cost, right? So for every time that somebody clicks through to your ad from my site, I get ten cents or whatever. Um, so there is. I just hit the microphone. That's gonna <laughs> not gonna sound really good, there because I'm very animated and I'm moving my hands. You can't see that, uh, but that's just the way business works. Okay. Right? That so that reciprocity that goes between the two, um, just just keep that in mind when you're developing your value. You're at the fourth year, getting into your fourth year. Um, you still got a couple of years to to really um, prove who you are as a pastry chef, as as your business. Um, and then, but once you get to that point, you'll have a lot of data that could say, Hey, look, instead of maybe wholesaling, you could just say, Hey, why don't we cross promote? Hmm. Um, okay. Put my link up on your site. I'll put your link up on my site. We'll make sure that we talk about each other on a weekly basis, that kind of stuff. And then that can keep your, your cost, your, your profitability up a little bit. Okay. Just as an example. That's helpful. Okay. Thanks. All right. Um, yeah, I don't want to chase your wholesales or what, you know. <laughs> uh, that wasn't the point. In fact, again, for all the, everybody that's listening to this, if you do have your anybody's products in there, always consider that there's some reciprocity that is worth more 
than the whatever 10 or 20 percent that you're making on each one of those little things right right because there's a finite amount of value in marking up a product because product is going to get used and there's not going to be any more product so if your product is all out of there by 810 <laughs> you know they open up at 8 and at 810 all your products gone there's no more value there for them but if you have that reciprocity of your brands helping each other out that's that's almost equally a value than selling it to them wholesale hmm. because the word of mouth is continuous 24 hours a day seven days a week it never stops right but your food stops when they're done when there's no more of it <laughs> right right so just keep that in the back of your mind and anybody listening again if you're in that business just always know that reciprocity is a much better business model than marking up wholesale it is obviously a way to start because you everybody's got to get their name out there i'm not going to be i'm not going to share reciprocity with you if i don't think that you're in the same league that i'm playing in right yes so okay. just keep that in mind hopefully that helps and i've been talking way too much I'm learning so much, Jim. <laughs> well, there was there was a coaching moment there, so I thought I'd give it to you. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, Thank you so much. Um, and and again, this type of this type of interaction is good when people are listening, so so that they can kind of go through these ideas in their head too. And a lot of the value that comes from you being able to embed this and, and socialize this, um, first of all, it's going to be an hour long, so somebody's gonna have to be really committed to this conversation, <laughs> which means if they do and when they do, because honestly, they. I've looked at the stats on my production site at Anchor, F Anchor FM. I'm amazed how long people are into these. Th so this is a long-form podcast. It's an okay. hour long. Okay. I've done 20-minute, and I've actually done three-minute podcasts. A huh. quick bite, right? Just oh, a, wow. That's like dropping, just throwing a, <laughs> a macaron in and just swallowing it without really chewing it. Um, but I'm finding that this is the venue that people really kind of – once, if we, if we're saying the right things, if we're talking and authentic and all that stuff we talked yes. about before we got on the mics, so um, all right, so what's next? What, what you've got? You've there's some idea tickling in the back of your head. There is, and you don't have to give it away. You don't have to like if it's if it's something proprietary, but hint around it so that we've got an idea of how entrepreneurs think because this isn't again another this is definitely something everyone shares okay so right before we went on lockdown pretty much even though i never went on lockdown mm -hmm. really i i finally started offering public macaron classes because i'm a teacher uh, and people have been asking me for two years to teach them how to make macarons uh, and at first i said are. no because i didn't want to teach everybody how to make the macarons that i make but then I said, well, I'll, I said yes to a couple of like private classes. Okay. But right before this all hit, I actually offered my first two public macaron classes where they could sign up. There was a limited number of slots. I held the first one. I ended up having to cancel the second one because I got nervous about the numbers. I think I had eight to ten yeah. registered. And it was like, how can I have them six feet apart? And then yeah. they said the ten rule. And I thought, oh, this is getting a little, yeah, you know. So now, again, not a lot of think time in the last few months, as I thought I thought I would have think time, but I haven't really. I'm like, I'm a teacher. I'm a baker. Can I put these two things together? And the, the class that I did hold went great. And the private classes that I've held, they went great. And people love it. And they, 
and they do one of two things. They either learn it because they actually want to make it themselves at home because they love macarons that much, mm-hmm. or they learn it for fun for the social aspect of it with friends or whatever. Yeah. And I guess the combination of those two is they learn it and realize how hard it is, and they go, yeah, Christine, you're going to make my macarons <laughs> for the rest of my life. Thank you very much. So it's a self-fulfilling <laughs> prophecy. Right? You're teaching. You were afraid that, that, in fact, they would start doing it themselves and stop coming to you when, in fact, they realize, in fact, that's like a big lesson in cooking in general of anything i learned that right up that if i want to make something i have something that took me three days to make it is amazing and i and i've actually showed some people that are close to me how to do it they don't ever want to do it right. they want to call every time i'm making it though right oh yeah so so you're, you're you're actually building that audience so every time laura and i go to europe we take a class of a local chef that's who, awesome and we it's a four-hour process sometimes this next one is going to be a six-hour process oh wow so in the morning we're going to go to the local market right there on the port of in nice and we're going to actually the chef is going to walk us through selecting our own ingredients that we will be using in the dishes she is going to help us make okay and so she's going to obviously be speaking in a lot of french and but she's gonna she speaks both and she's gonna be interpreting and doing stuff for us and then we're gonna be getting all of our ingredients so that's the mornings and then then we're gonna come back we're gonna come back and we're gonna do all the mise en place the putting everything together getting everything ready doing the chopping doing everything then there's gonna be some sort of a break and we're gonna go off she's gonna feed us or do something and then when we come back we're gonna cook wow right and then we're gonna eat our own stuff so it's a it's a whole long process so. If you're if you're thinking of teaching, what I'm saying is is that those classes were like eighty euros. So what's the equivalent uh, to? That's almost like a hundred bucks to us. Okay. Per person. Um, we are we have to buy our own ingredients, right? We right. have to do all the the work up front. Um. Now I think I mentioned to you that I do a thing called talking over food, right? Yes. So. That I actually, you know. That actually might be something that we might be able to have some reciprocity on, right? Because there needs to be a dessert. Mm. Right now, I was going to um, Luna Rosa yes. downtown because they have the best gelato. Gelato, yes. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I wish sometimes I wish this was video because you should have seen the look on her face. Yeah, because I had that look with the macaron. But so... But I can see now that I would like there to be something there that even if you're not doing all of the mise en place or doing all that stuff production-wise and you're just bringing it and putting it together just so that people – because I don't think anybody's ever actually seen a macaron put together. Oh. They see the end result, and they're all in pretty colors and you know everything like that. But I don't think anybody I've – no, I've never seen it. And that's what you're going to do next week twice. Yeah. Is that what I'm going to do next week twice? Yeah, with Laura. Oh, that's right. Yes, because I'm going to get the kit. You're going <laughs> to give me the kit. Shh. See, I got it. Yeah, no, no, I got it. I'm so excited. I was like, what do you mean I'm going to do it tomorrow? Am I going to come over and cook with you? Because that's where I went with that. I was like, oh, you're absolutely right. Um, we could we could add that element to this. It's It's a... It's micro networking. There's not a lot of people, but the people that are there are there because not only do they want to interact and, and share and exchange ideas as business people, 
but they also want to learn something, if not lear mm -hmm. learning to do it, learning that it exists. And okay. that's what I found was probably the most interesting thing about talking over food was they didn't really want to cook it themselves, but they wanted to know that it was possible that if they really wanted to, oh. that they could. Okay. Right? Scallops are not an easy thing to make correctly, like that crispy bite on the macaron, right? Um, scallops, you can do really bad, really easy. doesn't okay. take much because it doesn't take long to cook them. So you've got to have the right temperature, the right oil, the right stuff. And, you know, and it's got to, but when it comes off and it snaps at the top and it's softened in the so inside, you know you made it, right? Hey, that sounds just like a macaron. <laughs> it does. <laughs> They're almost the same size, too. Interesting. You tend scallops. <laughs> so we might have to do something there. We okay. might have to do something um, that, that we can kind of share in that. Because I couldn't get the Luna Rosa guys to come over. But what I did is I showed everybody how to make a quenelle of ice cream. Oh, okay. You know, how you make yeah. the little cone-shaped quenelles, right? It's actually, there's actually a trick. I don't know how to do that. Well, trust me, it, take, it took me three pints of of ice cream to I figure it out. I hope you ate all of that. Well, I might have had a few, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but the ice cream has to be at a very specific temperature, and the spoon has to be at exactly the same temperature or slightly warmer. Oh. So so that it, it melts without melting all the ice cream. Okay. Without melting the... So it's... And then once you do it, this, and then you bring it out, the plate has to be cold. That makes so there's, sense. There's a lot of different things to this. Uh, so, you know, plate's in the freezer. The ice cream is sitting in the refrigerator. So it's going from the freezer to the refrigerator. So it drops its temp to the right amount. As soon as it hits that temp, you just have to run your spoon underneath your tap water and then run it and do it. You can only do like one or two before you have to check the temps again because it's very... Wow. I almost should do it inside of a refrigerator. Is oh, really cause yeah. so I'm trying to figure out how a restaurant would pump you know 300 of these things out a night, and some restaurants do that. Walk-in refrigerator. Yeah, a little walk-in refrigerator and just do it in there. So, but, anyways, sorry, <laughs> off the beaten path. <laughs> <laughs> Squirrel, <laughs> talking food again. Um, so, um, let's let's bring this all together. Um, you in so. So run us through the uh, – I was going to do it, but I've been talking so much, I'm going to stop talking. <laughs> run me through it again. Just give me the, the high points. Before – when you were when you were teaching, keep going. Okay. When I was teaching, I was providing for customers retail at the same time. A year and a half after that, I left the classroom, went full-time, went into a commercial kitchen, and – changed my licensing to full retail and wholesale. Okay. Then COVID happened. Well, even before that, okay. started doing weddings. Okay, there you go. So then it was retail plus weddings, which I know are retail, but a different kind of retail. Right. Most of my retail besides weddings is bridal showers, birthdays, baby showers, you know, small events, right. a cake, macarons, cookies, macarons, cupcakes, right. macarons. <laughs> <laughs> mm. I'm thinking in the end I'm going to find my niche and it's going to be macarons. Okay, but I, but I, anyway, we'll see what happens in what do you say? So, I think it's a solid plan. <laughs> Another year or so. <laughs> um, started doing a little bit of wholesale. A couple of businesses came and went. Did a little bit. Didn't go great. Didn't find my place. Jumped into this coffee shop six, seven months ago. 
It's been a great fit. I've been really learning my way with that. Started teaching macarons, did some private, did some public. Now I'm wondering, playing with those ideas. I don't know, Jim, what do you see? I'm all over the place. That's what I see. No, no. Actually, I saw a straight line. Really? I actually saw a straight line. And what I saw was actually a line that was going straight, still going straight, split into two or three lines, still going straight, still using the same words, just slightly different target market. Just okay. slightly different target market. I that's exactly what I saw. You were going one, you were you were doing this, and then you found a way to do it three different ways. And then one of the ways dried up after a month, right? And so you had to figure something else out and you're also now thinking, you know what? I should probably I should probably teach. I should probably put some serious thought into this because the result is amazing. And whether or not people want to do it just to get a bunch of people together and do it, that's fine. Or if somebody is really serious and they want to take their skill to the next level, why not learn from somebody who's already got there? Okay. So all same. I'm still seeing a straight line. I'm not okay. seeing any deviation from that. <laughs> so congratulations again. Thank um, you. So uh, we're, what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you, I'm going to take, actually, I'm not even going to ask you. I'm actually going to take the link from your website, uh, from your from Instagram, from your social media, and I'm going to add it to the podcast as buttons that people can connect to. Okay. So once you start throwing this thing out there, people can go to where you want them to be. So if there's specific places you want me to put you put on there send just let me know okay. after we're done after the mics are off uh, but thank you for this thank you see i told you an hour psh, gone right Has there it been an hour oh it's been 57 minutes so wow no. see <laughs> that was just fantastic. almost it, oh you're over three years it's almost <laughs> an hour um but thank you again this has been just amazing and thank you for the macarons oh you're so welcome please enjoy them with i Laura. am going to be a and you know you hero. have more coming so yes. you can finish these today or tomorrow so um once we're once mics are off then i'll we'll do whatever i have to do to <laughs> venmo you or pay you or whatever and then just tell me where i need to be and when okay. i need to pick it up sounds good because that's going to be fun because we have a by the way we have a i shouldn't this is probably a conversation after the mics are off <laughs> Now that I'm thinking about it, oh, they just kept talking for, yeah. But yeah, we have a, a set menu for our anniversary because oh, wow. uh, Laura wasn't, I did I met Laura while we were traveling. Okay. I was with other people traveling. She was with other people traveling. And we had a chef on board our boat wow. who had predetermined sizes of food for us throughout the entire trip. Because so you're we on your boat. And we didn't have like an extra serving. So she had to share my my meal for that night. And that's our, we do it every, we do the same meal, that's same, so same exact cute. things, same preparation, everything on our anniversary. So okay. the only addition will be this little thing, which, which I'll be able to actually do in front of her and show her that I'm actually putting it all together. This yes. is going to be so much fun. I can't even tell you. So thank you. You're so welcome. Thank and, you. Uh, you're going to come back. So we'll give it another six months. Uh, okay. You'll get some indication from me and I'll send some notifications out and I'll socialize this. You socialize this. We'll have some reciprocity and payment payment in full. So thank Fantastic. you very much. I thank totally you. appreciate it. Um, I guess I should sign off. This is Jim Sevy <laughs> with the Coachable, the Coachable.com. And this has been Christine Wetop from Baking Sweet Sense. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye-bye.